Rise and shine with the Word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. Tune in at 10 a.m. and join Antonia Roman as she sings and reads the Word of God. The Word of God will give you insight for the purpose in your life. Now here is your host, Antonia Roman. my friends on this Saturday morning good morning my friends good morning good morning good morning my friends on the Saturday morning I hope that you have a <laughs> awakened that you had rest that you got a good night's nice rest that um you have really taken time to Rejuvenate your body, your mind, your spirit, and your soul and prepare you for Saturdays, (laughs) Uh, diving into the word like we normally do. So then you get yourself, you know, ready, right? You get yourself ready to conquer this world, (laughs) live your life, serve your everyday purpose. And as you know, my friends, we have been in the book of Hosea and we know this book These chapters we've been reading, um, they're deep. We know that, right? And um, we had just finished chapter 5 last week where, you know, uh, we really said, you know, (laughs) that um, if man is decaying, you know, uh, it's because they've done it to themselves and God has come in and tore them apart. <laughs> Bottom line, period. Exclamation point. <laughs> but God is still on his throne. He's seeing everybody. He's seeing everybody's move. He's seeing what everybody's doing, what everybody's thinking, what everybody's saying. And at the end of the day, um, he's going to wait patiently. Uh, he's going to wait patiently. Because he's like, okay, you guys didn't pay attention to me. You didn't give me the respect I, I, you know, I should have received. You're going about your own lives. I'm going to just go back here on the throne and I'm going to have a seat. And I'm just going to look and uh, see what happens next. How are you going to go about living your life? What is it that you're going to be doing? And with that said, now we're moving into chapter 6. And at this point... We're going to read on and understand what happened next. So if you're following along with us, you've been with us for weeks, you've been with us for months, you've been with us for years, we welcome you back. Uh, Thank you for being such loyal followers of the Word of God podcast. And we always encourage you, as I've said before, to uh, send us a message, send us an email, let us know. Um, how this um, podcast is impacting your life, how God is working in your life. Um, You know, do you have any prayer requests? We'd be more than glad to pray for you. But ultimately, we want to make sure that, you know, you're in connection with your Heavenly Father. And uh, you're going to come to a point where you're going to give your life over to Jesus Christ. And for those of you who are joining us today for the first time, we welcome you. Welcome you Uh, with open arms, and um, we just say, dive in with us. (laughs) 
and um, you have the opportunity to go back and catch up to all the other chapters that we've been covering in Hosea so that you can know what we've read so far or like I always tell people go back listen to the previous episodes Uh, go back and listen to all the 163 episodes we've done so far um, of different chapters we've covered uh, different books uh, from the Bible so With that said, we're going to go and move into Hosea chapter 6. We're going to start with verse 1. And this is what it says. It says, Come and let us return to the Lord. For he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. Father, we thank you so much for your word because we know that your word is true and we know your word gives us life, Lord. Thank you so much for setting the great example of what it is to be called to repentance (laughs) and how we do need to be at times broken down so you can do a lifting up in our lives. Amen. Well, my friends, you know, we have been uh, reading along all this time of the book of Hosea, people's disobedience, the community not doing what God asked them to do and you know, we spoke about sexual immorality that's taken place. We've spoken about, you know, how people are just out for their own invested interests and um, how it's really affected the community and how um, people were not just hurting themselves, they're hurting others, they're hurting their loved ones, they're hurting their neighbors. And um, those individuals as well have to face repercussions because then they got lured in, they got suckered in, like we say. And uh, then they find themselves in a position of that they're caught up in the sin that they're not supposed to be in. And with all that happening, God had no choice but to step aside and say, all right, you want to do things your way, go right ahead. And what happens in our lives my friends is we get to a point sometimes that after you've been beaten after you've been pressed down (laughs) after you've been put into this quicksand and you have only one little finger left sticking out of that quicksand that's when people start yelling screaming and begging and pleading for god's help And that's when people start to really cry out to the Lord and say, they wake up, they smell the coffee, they wake up and they're like, I know I've done wrong. Because all this time, these people knew they were doing wrong too. And these people knew um, exactly how responsible they were for their actions. And then there were others that got caught up and kind of didn't really realize what they were doing, but they were still in the same category of the sin because, oh man, sometimes once you're in it, it's hard to get out of it, right? But we serve a merciful God 
who as, as bad as our circumstance can be, as bad as we've done the wrong thing, if we truly repent, if we truly surrender over to him, he will come and he will help us. And when it says here, come, let us return to the Lord. It's that realization moment of like, wait a minute, what am I doing? What are we doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? What's going on here? It's a wake up moment of like, wait, 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 come, let us return to the Lord. Let us go back. What are we doing? We're way off track here. And my friends, when we're way off track, we are in a lost territory. We are the most vulnerable at the time even more already from what we've been vulnerable to. And if we don't have that wake up moment, my friends, of what we're doing that is wrong and repent, we're going to go down even a worse chaotic road. And that road will eventually lead to destruction and ultimately sometimes even death. And I know a lot of y'all don't like to talk about death. But what happens is we just go about living our lives not even thinking about a consequence of death. So when it says here, come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. Ah, yes, because if you remember in the last chapter uh, that we read, God was like, enough is enough. I've had enough of you. I'm going to tear you down. I'm going to rip you apart. That's it. I'm done with you. And even though he does that, and he puts us practically bare naked, like I said last time, you have to come to an understanding of like, you have nothing else left in your life to do, but to repent and turn back to your heavenly father and ask him to take you just as you are. That's why there's that song that comes, come just as you are, right? Just as you are, all messed up, all cruddy, all muddy, all like filthy, dirty rags, right? You have to go back to your heavenly father and you have to repent. And that's why when it says here, for he has torn, but he will heal us. Because ultimately we have to remember and understand that if we did this to ourselves and God comes in and says, yep. Now you have to face consequences. I have no choice but to let you fall on your face. And we truly surrender and say, okay, God, I'm down. I've hit rock bottom. I'm at my wit's end. There's nothing else in my power that I can do anymore because I've lost all my power. Right? Because all these things that are happening, people think they're the power. They're in control, right? And they ultimately come out and say, Lord, I have to surrender to you all over again and give it over to you. And I need you to help me and I need you to heal me. Because we know ultimately, my friends, that we have a true, powerful, working God that can heal us. He's the ultimate one that can heal us. Our friends can't heal us. Our friends could maybe try to encourage us with some words, 
They can give us a cup of coffee. They can give us some tea to drink. They could even make you a meal. They can even give you a hot bed to sleep in, a roof over your head. But the healing process ultimately has to come from your Heavenly Father. Because it's an inside spiritual encounter that you would need with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior to get you mentally, physically, and emotionally back into your proper state of being. So that's why when they say, for he has torn, but he will heal us. Because they know he's the ultimate healer. And for some of you who might be listening to me right now, you may have had an encounter in your life, medically, physically, emotionally, mentally, whatever it is. And God has come in and healed you. You may have had an addiction. You may have been smoking for 20 years. You're about, you're just about to get lung cancer or got the lung cancer. And all of a sudden now, God comes and does something miraculous in your life. He heals you from that. He heals you from that cancer. He heals, heals you from that addiction before you get the cancer, whatever the case might be. And you acknowledge that and you know that. And you know ultimately he was the one who healed you. That's a miracle healing he did in your life. Why? Because you don't even have a, the temptation anymore to put a cigarette in your mouth. Maybe you were an alcoholic. All you did every day was drink your life away. And God came in right before one of your kidneys was going to fail, your liver was going to fail, and he did a miracle in your life. Or maybe one of those things did fail in your, in your body. You need an operation, a transplant, something, and God comes and does a miraculous healing. And you never put your mouth to the bottle again, a drink again, a glass again that has any alcoholic content in it. God's done so many miraculous healings, my friends. And we have to remember that the same way that he did it for the people back in Hosea's time, he's doing it for us today. God is just waiting on the throne for people to just come running to him. Because he loves us. He sees everything we're doing and he wants good things for us. And when he sees we're doing the bad things, there are many times he will avoid certain things happening in our lives because he just loves us so much. But then when he also loves us so much, there are times he has to let things happen in our lives. So we get the wake-up call. And then we're back on track to where we're supposed to be in our lives. We know that God is the ultimate healer. They knew it at the time of Hosea, the people who were sinning, the people who hit rock bottom, the people who were down and out in the pit of hell. They knew they needed a healer, and the healer they knew at the time was their heavenly father, their Lord and Savior. Their Heavenly Father, they, they, they knew it was God, the ultimate supernatural power that could help anything and anyone. So when they knew that he could heal them, they started to wake up and have a realization. Yeah, he, he, he let us be where we were at because we put ourselves there. 
He left us on the road because we took the wrong road. <laughs> you know, he he didn't um, uh, give us what we needed. He left us dry and thirsty because we squandered all the water. We squandered all the food. You know what I mean? Like, God has to, at some point, to get his the attention of his children that he loves so much. He's got to sometimes do tough love with us, my friends. And in doing tough love with us, we're going to learn a lesson. We're going to come out stronger. And we're going to come out wiser. <laughs> Boy, are we going to have a learning lesson. And it's just like any parent. When something goes wrong with their kids, and now the kid has to face the consequences. They do tough love. Mommy and daddy will take away your phone if you're not behaving well. Mommy and daddy will take away your phone if you're not getting good grades in school. If you're an, a young adult and you had already gotten your license, you got your permit now, you're allowed to drive your dad's car, your mom's car, and you just do the wrong thing, and you don't pay attention to their instructions, their rules, then now they take the keys away from you. You can't drive that car for a while. It's tough love. And God does that with us too. Because we need to learn. We need to learn. We need to understand that, you know, we just can't always think we're just doing things our way and not the Heavenly Father's way. So when it says here, he has stricken, but he will bind us up. Yes. He has taken away everything. He has allowed everything <laughs> to be depleted from your hand. He's allowed you to lose that job. <laughs> you know, because you just kept doing the same, you know, uh, sinful nature every day. He allowed you to... to to, you know, get evicted sometimes from your house because you are not following through with what he's asked you to do. You know, you're not being a good steward of what has been laid out in your life for you by your Heavenly Father. And now you have to start from scratch. But they know here by saying this, he has stricken, but he will bind us up. Whatever God allows for things to happen in your life, even though, even if he knows, it's the enemy that's doing it to you. Or it's you doing it to yourself. He sees everything. He acknowledges everything. And they knew that he can come in and he can bind them up. He can set them back on track. You know, when you're so loose with everything in life, my friends, you're going to have a loose, chaotic life. You know, when you're not grounded and focused in how to have a structure in your life that goes according to God's word, you're going to find yourself all over the place like a flying kite that the wind just takes it left and right, wherever. Might even fly away and go somewhere else. 
And that's why it's so important for us to understand that the, whatever was happening at the time of Hosea is happening to us today. Many of us have been stricken from things that we had in our lives that God gave us, maybe blessed us with. And we were not good stewards of that. We didn't appreciate it. We took it for granted. And by not taking care of it, we end up losing it. Then we have to start from scratch. But God can come in and he can bind us up. He can say, okay, hold on a second. I know you've been in the mud for a whole week. I got you by that pinky lifting you up from that quicksand. I know. You're bare naked. Here you go. I'm putting clothes on you again. Come on, let's get you cleaned up. Let's get your mindset. Let's get you to the right place where you need to be. And they knew that and understood that. Because they were starting to get the wake-up call. And now they were starting to repent. Because they had ultimately hit rock bottom. And my friends, this is a great example for us as well. Because we have to turn to the Lord ourselves. When we're not doing the right thing. We have to turn to our Heavenly Father where we're swaying one way or the other. We have to turn to our Heavenly Father when temptation is just hitting us left and right. We have to run to our Heavenly Father when we know we have we have fornicated. We need to run to our Heavenly Father when we know that we have this uh, pornographic, you know, addiction. You know, we're doing things we're not supposed to be doing. I got to tell you myself personally, within the last two weeks, I've been noticing for myself that I have been like tuning in a little bit more and more to social media. And it's kind of been distracting me a little bit. Not distracting me fully that I'm not working or doing what I have to do my responsibilities. But in a distraction, time is wasted. Time is lost. Because let me tell you something, my friends. We could start scrolling Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. We could start listening to Clubhouse. Any other format, Discord, whatever that you listen to. And before you know it, you look over to the clock and you're like, Oh my gosh, two hours has passed by. One hour has passed by. Wait a minute, hold on, what? Those are distractions, we get easily caught up. We start looking at other people's lives, other people's accomplishments. We start to look at all these promotional ads that are running through all these feeds. You know, we're listening to commercials, we stop and in some of these mini movies that all of these have now, we start watching a little mini movie. We get distracted. And for myself, I realized, wait a minute, Antonia, you are starting to get a little caught up with this too much. Uh, you need to stop. There's so much time that I can only give to social media. The rest of my time, I could, that time, I could have been giving it to my Heavenly Father. I could have spent more time reading the Bible. I could have spent more time journaling on my book. I could have spent more time really just listening to worship music and meditating on it. 
it's even little things like that, my friends, that we get caught off and we'll get off track. And we don't realize how that can lure us into an addiction. And I know for some of you listening, you're like, but that's social media, Antonia. There's nothing wrong with social media. And I'm like, you're right. There is nothing wrong with social media. Social media is a platform that was intended for you to have quick access of stuff. You know, communicate with people quickly. But it could become an addiction, social media, if you don't know how to put down the telephone that has the social media on it. If you don't know how to turn off the computer that has the social media on it. We can get caught up and time just flies. And by the end of the day, you're like, what did I accomplish today? Ultimately, nothing. Although you saw so many other people accomplishing something (laughs) while you're scrolling. So I tell you this because I have to be mature enough in in my own self-being that I realize this. And And as soon as the Holy Spirit sparks it, especially in my spirit... I got, I got a wake-up call. And I got to say, whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do this. Don't do this. Stop this. You're getting too caught up with this. Right? And that's why it's important, my friends, that when we're, when we're starting to be lured into temptation, when we're starting to um, do certain routines or patterns that do not benefit us, that may only hurt us, or hurt others, you've got to stop. You've got to have that wake-up call and be like, whoa, 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 wait a second. And and because of this passage that we're reading right now, people had hit already the rock bottom of all the things that they had done and how God allowed them to fall on their faces. Because it's by the big fall that the only way we can have the breakthrough And we get that breakthrough through our Heavenly Father who loves us. And then it says here, after two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up that we may live in his sight. So what are they saying here? Because they know. Here's the message to the people. After two days, he will revive us. Meaning he's going to bring us back to life. He's going to give us a new understanding, a new realization, a new beginning. He's going to allow us to start from scratch again. He's going to give us a new life purpose. He's going to give us an understanding of the things we need to start to pursue. He's going to give us a new understanding of the things we need to be running after ultimately first him and then whatever else of a desire he may have put in our hearts he's going to begin to put you in a place of breathing again being able to feel you're living your life again clean again healthy very very important you know it's like when someone is going into cardiac arrest they're having a heart attack something's happening they can't breathe they're unconscious their heart has stopped and all of a sudden the EMT paramedics come in and they put the two puncher um you know electro 
um, containers on his chest to revive him, him or her. And then they go, clear! And they press the button and the electric shock hits them, right? To, to So that energy would be brought back up and the heart would be like, oh, awaken again. Right? And they do that a couple of times until then someone finally says, I got a pulse. Something, right? It's a reviving of that individual, right? And then they take the individual to the hospital. The individual's going to be in the hospital, maybe even have to go, you know, through some type of surgery or something. And they've been revived. They have a second chance at life. And God does that with us too. Out of the muck and the dirtiness and the nastiness and the things we put ourselves into and we became a part of, once we hit rock bottom, he comes and he picks us up. He cleans us up. He helps us to try to put a smile back on our faces. But that smile ultimately first comes from the inside of the joy that only the Lord can give us. He helps us in those moments, those breakdowns, those issues. So that way we can live everyday purpose life. And by reviving us, we're getting a second chance. We're given a second opportunity. We can prove ourselves again. But see, God doesn't want us to prove ourselves. He doesn't need us to prove ourselves to him. He just wants us to surrender to him. (laughs) You know, just surrender genuinely to the Lord. So the Lord could do something new in you. He can start to rejuvenate you. He can start to give you new perspective, new understanding, new realization of things. Because then that way, ultimately, now you've awakened, you've been a little bit more educated. Wisdom is sinking in like there's no tomorrow from heaven in your mind. And you're understanding things more from a spiritual perspective. Because then now you can see ultimately like what is the plan that God's going to have for your life? What is it that he's going to set up for you to be able to do every day to not just help yourself, but help others? The opposite of what you were doing before when you were hurting yourself and hurting others. Now he wants you to help yourself and help others. Big difference, new mission, right? New opportunity. And in doing so, on the third day, he will raise us up because after he revives us, And puts us in a good place again of understanding, breathing, and walking and talking accordingly to what we need to be doing on this earth to serve everyday purpose of the assignments and the tasks he has given us at hand. Now he will have an opportunity that after we have gone through a genuine reestablishing through a genuine new way of thinking through a genuine new way of loving on people, understanding what love is, extending love, extending compassion, all the things of peace, especially that we need to have in our lives. Then he can do things with our new self that he has put in our hearts, in our mind, in our spirit, in our soul, And he can raise us up. He can now put us in places that we never thought we would be at. He can now give us an acknowledgement. Allow us to have an acknowledgement 
maybe even from our peers, you know, in a good way now, not an oppressive peer of pressure, but that we now are the influencers to our peers. Because everything that happens to you in your life, my friend, when it happens to you, people actually get to see that it's happening to you. They get to see of the circumstance you had to face and what was the ultimate outcome. And when they can see that God was a part of that, that God came in and saved the day, that God came in and gave you you know, uh, grace over your life because you truly repented. God came in and gave you a second chance of living. God came in and gave you the opportunity to be back on your feet as a, as a everyday human being and give you an opportunity to have things again in your life that are the necessity things that you need. Not the things you just want, but what really you need that's relevant for your life. People now get to see that. People are witnessing what's happening in your life. And when God raises you up, they see that front and center to what God is doing in your life. And when people can see that, my friends... Not just you seeing it because you're receiving it, but the people around you, you can set an example and you do set an example of what God has done in your life, how he raised you up, how he's now placed you, whether that's on a new pedestal, a new status, whatever the case might be, a new promotion, a new career, whatever that is, a new upgrade of your apartment, whatever it is, a new upgrade in your car that is already at its last limb, whatever it is, that's a blessing coming from God and he's raising you up and people will see that. That's a a, a testimony, visual testimony that other people can see. Do you know, my friends, That there are times that someone doesn't even need to open up their mouths to tell you that testimony. Because in the live action that you see them in their lives living, you have seen them going through transitions and ultimately landing in a place of grace and purity with the Lord and holiness. And that is a testimony in itself. And the person never has to open their mouth because you've always just been observing. You and I are observing people all the time. Whether we're on a bus, whether we're on the train, whether we're on an airplane, whether we're walking down the street, whatever it is in the supermarket, we are observers of other people. And we are very judgmental as human beings. And we look at other people and we already assume something about the person just by their outward appearance, whether they have a lot of dark circles under their eyes, whether their hair is brushed correctly or not, whether they have like broken shoes, whatever it is. We are always judgmenting other, we judgment, we judge people automatically and just by seeing them. And then we also judge people that we see people constantly whether that's at church, whether that's at work, wherever it might be, our neighbors, right? Cutting the grass, whatever, walking our dogs, the dog park, whatever. 
We are very judgmental on how we see people. And that we may never even have a conversation with that person. But we see them and then all of a sudden we start to see something different. Now the guy's got new shoes. Wow. Now the guy, oh, he brushed his hair today. Oh my goodness. Like just by an outward appearance, and I'm not talking about vanity here. I'm talking about a cleanup here. What God could really do in your life. So I'm giving you this illustration example. And then people could see you and go like, wow, your mom, that's the guy who used to come. He didn't have, you know, he looked this way, but look at him now. He's a little sharper now. Wow, wow, he's really looking like he's alive now. Because people are very judgmental. They're going, he looked dead, and now he looks alive. <laughs> God wants to take us, my friends, from the dead places, the dry bones, the corroded areas that we're in in our lives. He wants to clean us up. And he wants to revive us. And ultimately, he wants to raise us up. God's children are not supposed to be living in a place of a deserted island, the pit of hell, or underground valley. He wants us to be conquering mountains, flying like eagles, having the freedom that he has ultimately given us in our lives and giving us the keys and the, everything that we need to, to be equipped with to impact this world in a positive way. And when he starts to raise us up, we're going to set and we're supposed to set examples it's part of our testimony of what he's done in our lives. So that way, when it says here that we may live in his sight, right? Now we are seeing things totally different. We see the world totally different. We see it through God's, God's eyes. We are more passionate now with people, compassionate. We have more sympathy we have a more of an understanding. I don't know about you guys, but I know for me personally, just recently within the last year, I have been learning how to deal more compassionately with people who have mental illness. I never really thought I would have to really deal with people who have mental illnesses. Although I know I've come across many people in my lifetime who have had mental illness. But I mean to the extent of what I'm dealing with it now. On how I'm mentoring other people. Um, how I'm be giving words of encouragement to other people who are suffering with mental illness. I never knew I would, at this age, in this time in my life, be experiencing that. But God is allowing me to experience it for a reason because he wants me to learn more how to be compassionate, how to love more. If I thought I knew how to love before, wow, is he really teaching me how to love more now, more than ever? Because I'm dealing with different circumstances and different people who have now come into my life. And I'm seeing things in a different way like never before. And when I'm looking at these individuals, I'm looking at them through the sight of God. 
And it's allowing me to have more compassion, more understanding, more patience with speaking with them, working and hashing things out with them, helping them, guiding them, encouraging them. And then what it says here, let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. Let, they wanted to really understand God's understanding and knowledge of life, of purpose, of meaning, of in, insight, like it says here, right? Because here's the thing of knowledge, pursue the knowledge, pursue the understanding, pursue how God wants things to be, pursue how he wants us to carry things out. Know exactly the purpose and the plan for our lives. That's what they were asking for here when they were repenting. Now they were back on track knowing the true purpose that God had for their lives. And they needed to pursue the knowledge of the Lord. So then that way they would make the correct decisions. They would not fall back into the old traps from before of how people were persuading them to commit sin. Now they would just follow God's heart. God's intention, God's understanding of everyday life and what they had to do step by step to get to the place where God wanted them to be. And in doing so and understanding that this is now what happens, they say here his going forth is established as the morning because now going forward, we look for a new day. We have a new morning. Whatever happened at night, whatever chaoticness happened the day before, whatever chaoticness happened between the last six months, six years, whatever the case might be, you are now going in a new light of God because now you're going to see a new morning, right? That's why they talk about, you know, um, that things could happen at night and, um, and, and you're going to go through trials and tribulation, but joy comes in the morning, right? You're going to have a joy. You're going to have a new perspective. You're going to have a new understanding. And in all of that, that is what allows you now to see clearly. It's a sunny, bright day. And even if it's a cloudy day, you it's morning and it's something new. You can start fresh from the beginning, right up top in the morning. In the morning is when we wake up, my friends. In the morning is when we stretch our hands out. In the morning is when we go jogging. In the morning is when we prepare for our everyday, you know, work agenda day or things we have to do during the day. It sets us up. That's when we're energized because now it's morning time and we're starting fresh for a new day. And that's why he and the time of Hosea and these people were establishing this and, and understanding it. They understand now that it's a new day. And my friends, you have to remember that no matter what you've been through in your life, no matter how bad things have been, when God has come in and done a miracle in your life, or you've repented genuinely from your heart, and God comes in and starts you fresh, even if he sets you on a different track, on a different path, on a new journey, you embrace it as the new morning because it's something new he's doing in your life. 
It's a new beginning. It's a new rise and shine with the word of God. <laughs> like, you know, that's why when we say rise and shine with the word of God, it's because you want to be uplifted, rejuvenated, you know? Um, and uh, with that said, my friends, what it says here, he will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. He's going to pour down such a blessing on your life. Not just for you, but the people around you. He's going to come and do such a cleansing in your life. Not just for you, but also for the people around you. He's going to come and give you a new sense of cleanliness that is needed for your spirit and your soul. He's going to do it in such a way, my friends, that you're going to be in awe of God and what he's doing in your life. And we can rely on this beautiful anointed rain that comes down from heaven that really comes and clears up our minds. It, you know, when rain falls, and I don't know about you guys, but in California, we had so much rain this past week. It was incredible. You must have heard about it on the news, how much rain fell in some areas, covering up cars, covering up um, property, damaging, you know, different uh, areas, and just so much rain fell. Um, and rain can do two things. It can do a major cleansing as well as we, it can do a major doing away with. So not only will God sometimes send down a rain that's going to allow things to be done away with, he's going to give us a rain that's going to rejuvenate us, revive us. It's going to cleanse us and give us an understanding of new things. We're going to be able to see clearly now everything. Everything's going to it's going to be a clean slate. It's going he's going to start us off with a new beginning again. And then we can see and understand and appreciate all the dirt we were in before, all the chaoticness we were in before and how clean and purified now God is making us. So my friends, I don't know about you, but I hope you've been blessed by this passage. I know I have. Because when there is a time for repentance, there is a time for repentance, my friends. And God is there to help us, embrace us in time of repentance. And this is what's happening right now. Because Israel was being punished and now there had to be a call for repentance. So my friends, I want you to stay encouraged. I want you to know that there has to be a genuine repentance that takes place. Many people these days keep repenting over and over and over for the same sin, but they don't genuinely repent. And then they we don't see any anything transpire new in their lives. We have to remember that when you're in the caught up in sin, sometimes you don't understand the depth of your sin and how ultimately it can lead you to death. And when you don't turn away from the sin, the next thing you know, you're facing consequences. The only way 
to get to the other side of the dark tunnel that you're in is to have God be at the end of the light, uh, the light at the end of that tunnel because you're running through it and you're running straight into his arms because now you are fully repenting and surrendering your life over to Christ. So my friends, it has truly been a pleasure sharing the word of God with you again today. And you must know that you need to seek God's ways so that he could reveal himself to you. And then you can live out the promise of God's faithfulness. So today we want to be reminded, my friends, that we need to be disciplined and we need to follow the guidance of our Heavenly Father and get to know Him even deeper. And for those of you who have received miracles in your life, that your Heavenly Father has taken you out of places that you just knew you were in doom and gloom, praise your Heavenly Father for what He's done in your life. And if you have the opportunity, share it with others. It's important that people not just see testimonies sometimes, but hear testimonies. Because again, we can only see things from the outside of what we do see. And it's a testimony at times, but there's nothing like hearing people's true stories of what's happened in their lives. So my friends, continue to enjoy your weekend. Continue to know that God loves you. And remember, God loves you. I look forward to sharing the word again with you next week, where we will rise and shine with the word of God. Wake up Saturday mornings with a purpose. God bless you. Antonia Roman is the author of Confessions of a Christian Woman, A Journey in Marriage, A New Beginning. In this book, Antonia shares her personal journey in marriage and how she used God's word to help her overcome verbal abuse. Tune in next Saturday as Antonia Roman continues to dive into the word of God. The word of God gives you insight for the purpose in your life.